0: Well, it's good to see all of you here. The options you had was uh, Kenneth Copeland's uh, Believers uh, Seminar, and you chose to come here. Uh, why did you do that? No, I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're with us, and I'm glad all of you are here. I don't know who uh, uh, Kenneth had on last night. Or, or no, I do know. I don't know who's on tonight. Last night was Bill Winston. And thanks to Brad and Sandy, they came over and got us hooked up where we could watch it. And I promptly fell asleep in my chair and missed Bill Winston. So, Bill, I know you were looking for me. Sorry, I'll catch you on the rerun. Okay, so anyway, good to have all of you here today. Let's pray and uh, believe the Lord to uh, have the anointing here today to preach this message. I know this message is really for me. And as I was getting the message, I think every message I've ever ministered, and Pam, same way with you, we've talked about it before, you know, it's a message that God has for each and every one of us, but for us too, and, but especially this one, and uh, as it unfolds, I'll share it with you. Uh, by the way, all of you watching by internet, uh, make sure you're watching Pam's messages on Sunday. They are absolutely awesome on the Holy Spirit-led church, and uh, everything going okay back there? Okay, great. And uh, on the Holy Spirit-led church, and I encourage you to, uh, I encourage you to watch them. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message that you have given for all of us today. I thank you, Lord, that it will go into good ground and that it will produce a harvest. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. We thank you for this great nation that you have given us. We pray for the president. We pray for all of our law enforcement officials across this nation. And we pray safety and protection and great wisdom for them. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say it. Also, Isaiah 54:17 says, "No weapon formed against any of you shall prosper." So let's say, it. "No weapon formed against me shall prosper." And you begin to speak that and declare that that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. The word, uh, 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 the message tonight is the importance of a positive attitude and uh, to, to be positive. Always about everything. And as I was getting this message and putting it in my prayer journal, uh, it really ministered to me in parts of my life regarding. What I'm hearing in our country and really in the world today uh, about the turmoil and the rioting and the problems and the situations, the upcoming election, Uh, people that I deeply respect, that uh, if Trump is not reelected, we're going down the tubes and America will never be the same. Uh, If this doesn't happen, then this is going to happen and everything's going to be. And you can place your confidence, not faith. Faith is based on the word of God. Everybody say faith based on the Word of God. You can be confident that you're going to make a shot on a basketball court and still miss the shot, but if God told you you're going to make the shot, you're going to make the shot because that's faith, and faith is based on the Word of God. Confidence can sometimes try to take the place of faith, but it is not the same. It is not the same, and so as I listened to some of these people, and and I was out praying about this message, and uh, I would have to say that I really like uh, um, Tucker Carlson and, uh, and uh, uh, Sean Hannity on, uh, on Fox News. And I try to watch them. Uh, my wife will tell you that at 8 o'clock I'm going to the back den bedroom, uh, also Antique Center, and uh, I am going to wa- <laughs> I'm going to watch Tucker Carlson and I'm going to watch uh, <coughs> uh, Sean Hannity. But the other day, um, something came across there, and I was getting excited about it. But God brought it back to my attention as I prayed about this message. And a couple of comments were made that if the president is not elected, America will never be the same, and uh, it's just going to be resemble something that we just can't fathom. And uh, it came back to me, and when I, I remembered hearing it and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. But then the Lord brought it back to me, and it was more of a gentle rebuke that America needs me. I don't need America. In other words, the Lord is the Lord with or without America. God is sovereign. Everybody say God is sovereign. Now, don't take that the wrong way. Does God want to use America? Yes, but regardless of what happens to our country, we're going to be okay because we're God's children. Everybody say that. I'm a, I'm a child of God. And during the Civil War, there was a powerful statement that was uh, really a question that was asked of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, they said uh, uh, to Abraham Lincoln, uh, do you believe that God is on our side? And he said, that's not the question. The question is always, are we on God's side? And that's the question for each and every one of us. Are we on God's side? Now, this message could try by the devil to conflict with what you believe regarding certain things. It it does not negate faith. Nothing negates faith and the importance of faith. But our confidence... Our faith, our hope, is an almighty God. Whatever happens in this election, we're going to do the best we can to be on God's side and move on. God is not throwing in the towel if President Trump does not get reelected. When Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States, the people in our country, if you ever read the history books, they thought the country was gone. Because he, he was uneducated, he uh, taught himself to be a lawyer, he, he wasn't connected to the Washington establishment, and, and he could never be president, but he was elected president. And then the Emancipation Proclamation that he brought forth to free all of the slaves and to make us truly what our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence reflects, was, was birthed through that man. And America was on a roll, and all of the people in our country thought it was great. And then came the Ford Theater, and he was assassinated. And everybody thought it it was over for America. We'll never be able to pull ourselves together. The Vietnam War came, and we went through a tremendous rioting experience and tremendous challenges. We survived it. Our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, survived the Great Depression, that America would never survive the Depression. If you read about the Depression, there was no way America was going to survive. They, They survived the First Depression, they survived the Second Depression, and came out stronger through both of them and produced the greatest generation. So when you reflect back on history, see, the devil loves to destroy history. That's why he's after these statues. That's why he's at people that are doing it, but they don't know what they're doing. That's why Antifa and organizations that are anarchists want to destroy history, because if you learn from history, you then know how to prepare for the future, because you've learned from history. History always repeats itself. The Bible is a spiritual book, but it's also a historic book. It's a book of history. It's a book of the past, the present, and the future. So if we really indoctrinate ourselves by downloading all of this, we realize that everything is going to be okay. Now, I hear a lot of people, and some of you out there are watching. Some of you will watch this, so please forgive me in advance. But I hear people say that uh, you can't wear a mask. It'll destroy your health. Well, you should wear a mask or you're going to die. Well, if you don't stay six feet away, you get four feet away, you're going to catch it, and you're going to die the next week. I mean, now, I know I'm exaggerating some of this, but I am hearing all sorts of things out there. I'm hearing that Dr. Fossey is a terrible man and being led by the devil. I'm hearing Dr. Fossey is a great man and one of the greatest renowned, whatever it's called with his long title, there is. I don't know really one way or the other, but I know this. We have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. So let's all say, I have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. So you're not moved by Barnes & Noble. I have to wear a mask. Well, they know what they're doing, so I'll wear a mask. No, I wear a mask at Barnes & Noble because I want the darn book, and I can't get in to get the book without the mask. Uh, Although they do have another system out there, you can call ahead. They'll bring it out, put it on a bench, and you can run up and get the bench and run back before something bites you. It really sounds like a cloak-and-dagger operation. Now, the reason I say this is because, I'll see on Facebook sometimes. Uh, uh, people say certain things, and I I just want to to encourage you to walk by faith and not by sight, not to be led by what somebody else is doing because God may be leading them differently. Mike Lamanna is with us, and his wife. Uh, 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 <coughs> What's her name? You see, I can't tell. I couldn't recognize you with a mask. Uh uh, uh Mike and Michelle. But but you know, Mike Mike has had some health challenges. I I believe the mask is great for Mike. I'm sure Mike believes that the Lord wants him to wear the mask. So we don't criticize Mike for wearing a mask. We don't criticize somebody else for not wearing a mask. And I'm hearing and seeing some of the fiery darts on the internet now of people saying, well, I wouldn't do that, and I wouldn't do this, and I wouldn't do that. It's okay, but really and truly, let's encourage one another, and let's bless one another. Do what the Lord shows you to do. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, just do what God tells you to do. and And if you'll do that, you'll be blessed. Now, The importance of a positive attitude is Zig Ziglar is a guy who I used to uh, listen to all the time when he was alive. He'd say most people that have health challenges really just need to have a checkup from the neck up. In other words, they need to figure out what's going on in their brain. And if they get their mind taken care of and they get a positive attitude, then their health is going to fall into line. Uh, By the way, speaking of coronavirus, well, I was just a moment ago regarding the mask. I have followed this doctor uh, for uh, a, a number of years. He lives in Palm Beach, uh, Florida, and uh, his name is Dr. Chauncey Crandall. Any of you follow him or um, he, he, a lot of people don 't know about him. He was a missionary at one time uh, he 's a cardiologist um, he uh, I've started to follow him regarding cardiology, but he has a new book out called "Beat the Coronavirus: Fight Back and uh, uh, talking about the things that we really need to do, but also talking about the The uh, physical aspect of walking with God and realizing that no matter what happens to you, uh, God is there for you. And he quotes Psalm 91 in the very beginning of the book. And uh, he has some great practical things in there. You'll appreciate this one, Pam. He thinks everybody should have 8 to 10 hours sleep uh, a day. And and, uh, so I am healthy as it can be. Uh, But... uh, but but but, the book deals quite a bit with stress, and how people that know how to handle stress seem to be healthier continually, and that people that have a positive attitude seem to be less stressed out in life than other people that don't, and that people are are creatures of habit, so if you are a stressed out person, you either change that habit or you eventually will pay for some of that. In the area of your health Uh, so the positive attitude aspect is so important now I know over the years I probably have used this example before but this young boy was getting ready to take a test tomorrow and his his mom was working with him young uh, primary school and the mom said you don't look very happy and he said mom I just know I'm going to fail the test and the mom said son you need to have a more positive attitude And the young boy said, Mom, you're right. I am positive I'm going to fail the test. Well, that's not what we're talking about because positive people, now this is the definition from Mayo Clinic, positive people always think first the best-case scenario is going to happen. Positive people always think first the best-case scenario is going to happen. In other words, when something happens, the glass isn't half full, I mean, half empty, the glass is half full. Uh, I fell, but now I'm going to get up. Uh, That looks bad, but I know it's going to turn out for good. In other words, you turn every negative, every pessimistic thought into a positive attitude to overcome the negative that's trying to get into your life. And that's possible for us to do. Dr. uh, Norman Vincent Peale wrote The Power of Positive Thinking way back in the 50s. And uh, that book is still selling, has sold over 5, 6 million copies. I don't know how many of you read it, but I would encourage you to all read it. A lot of scripture in that book. But you can condense the whole book down to one thing, Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinketh, so is he. If you think right, you do right. If you think negative, you'll be negative. If you think positive, you'll be positive. It's very easy to do if you will focus. Now, I've got a little research data here. that uh, came, and we're getting into the scripture here in just a moment, from the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic is one of the foremost uh, uh, medical clinics in America, and uh, uh, they've just had a proven track record, and uh, and this is an article uh, called Positive Thinking, Stop Negative Self-Talk and Reduce Stress in Your Life. How many of you would say that from time to time, you seem to be stressed out. Can I see your hands? How many of you think from time to time, even though you want to be a very positive person, you are somewhat negative? Can I see your hands? Okay, looks like we got the right group. I saw all the hands on the Internet, too. Okay, now, positive thinking helps with stress management and can even improve your health. Practice overcoming negative self-talk with examples provided. Your attitude toward yourself... And whether you're optimistic or pessimistic is your decision, and it will affect your health. Indeed, some studies show that personality traits such as optimism and pessimism can affect many areas of your health and well-being. The positive thinking that usually comes with optimism is a key part of effective stress management. Positive thinking just means that you approach unpleasantness in a more positive and productive way you think the best is going to happen not the worst. Have you ever been around somebody when the conversation starts out and they say, "You know, I, I heard a report that so and so wasn't very, feeling very well," and say, "Oh my goodness, I heard somebody else had that and they died," uh, and then and then somebody else had that and they walked across the street and a truck ran over them. Well, I heard about somebody had that in the plane crash. Well, I heard about and, and you. No matter where the conversation starts, it digresses and becomes very pessimistic. If you listen to people's conversations, sometime you'll think, "Whoa." They need that attitude, the checkup from the neck up. Positive thinking starts with self-talk. In other words, what you think. And how you think? Now we know what the Word of God says. We should think the Word of God. God says in Isaiah fifty-five, verse eight. It says, "My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways." What we need to do is tap in on what God thinks for us and what God wants us to think. How many of you want God that think God wants you to think that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus? He would never told you that in the Word if he didn't have that. Now, how many of you think that God wants you to think that no weapon formed against you? Will prosper, God has told us in His Word and by His spirit, and by the way, they're one and the same, so everybody say one and the same, because many times you'll hear me say this, I think Pam made a reference to it Sunday. We need to live the Word and be led by the Holy Spirit. Those are two separate things that are basically one and the same. The Holy Spirit gives you the word and the direction based on the word of God. We know that man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we're going to be busy learning a lot. Now, this is what the Mayo Clinic has found out. If you think positive thoughts continually, you will have an increased lifespan, lower rates of depression, Lower levels of distress. You will have greater resistance to the common cold. You will be better psychologically and physically in your well-being. You will have better cardiovascular health and reduced risk of death from cardiovascular disease. Better coping skills during hardships And times of stress. Folks, I tell you, I've been positive and I've been negative, and it is better to be positive. Now, let's take a look at the current state of affairs in America riots all over the country problems in many major cities, I shouldn't say not over the country, coronavirus either going up or going down, seems like it's going up, but then some pockets of the country it's going down, Uh, some areas it's extremely bad, some areas it's not so bad. Uh, When you look at all of the things that are going on in different areas of the life and you think, wow, what, what is going on here? We hear messages that I've delivered, Pam has delivered, that we live in perilous times. Second Peter chapter three. We are living in perilous times, but guess who's living in them with us? God is with us in the midst of perilous times. And as we get to the end of this marriage, we're going to talk uh, message. We're going to talk about what God said about the believer in perilous times. Now, basically, I'll give you a clue. We're going to be okay. So, everybody say, "I'm going to be okay." Turn to your neighbor and tell him, "I'm going to be okay, no matter what time it is." Now, God has told us things so that we will be ready, like on an airplane. When you're flying on an airplane and the the bell goes off and it says, put your butt butt, belt on or whatever, and we're going to have some turbulence. Now, that's normally when some people tighten up, I get excited. Oh, glory to God. And you start bouncing around to that plane and it's like, like, "Uh, uh, there's turbulence. It's like, yes, that's what he just said. That's what we're going to have. So when you have turbulence, you get prepared for it. And uh, I hope that this, my daughter doesn't mind this. I haven't used this example for a long time. But, see, God prepares us for everything. Everybody say, God wants me prepared. When Pam and I first got married, we took all six of our children, three and three, to, uh, uh, what was that? Estes Park. Park. And, uh, and one of the things that I thought would be so cool is we, I, I saw a sign where you could get horses and you could go up the side of the Rocky Mountains and then you go up the side of the Rocky Mountains on the horse and then you come back and halfway down you have a campfire and steak and eggs. Oh my goodness, Roy Rogers in the flesh. And so I'm all ready to go. We're all on our horses, getting ready. Lori, I hope you don't mind. And and, and and so everybody's on their horse. Lori's on her horse, and all of a sudden we start to move out. And Lori screams out, "My horse is moving!" <laughs> and I remember thinking, "I wonder how she thought that horse was going to get to the top of that mountain." I'm sorry, Lori. It just fit the message. But anyway, it it it, it, it we are if we are prepared and we know what's coming, then we're ready for it. And God wants us to be ready. Now, two foundational scriptures that minister to me continually in my life, no matter what I am facing, Philippians 4.13 and Philippians 4.19. I meditate those scriptures all the time. I meditate those scriptures when I know what to do, and I really meditate them when I don't know what to do. Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? It doesn't say you'll know right now how to do them, it says you can. Philippians 4.19, oh, the times when I've just been exhausted trying to figure out how this is going to work out. I don't have the money. I don't have the provision. I don't have the education. I don't have this. I don't have that. And the devil is trying to get me to meditate on what I don't have. But God is trying to get me to meditate on what Philippians 4.19 says. My God will supply all of my needs. Philippians 4.13 says I can. Everybody say I can. I Philippians 4.19 says I will. In other words, he will. I can, he will, we can make it. That's all we need for a positive attitude. So what happens then is that we understand how important it is that no matter what happens in the world, we're going to be okay. The biggest challenge that we have in the military, you, you know, you're given your weapons, and, 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 and the weapons, a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know, we're going to do a weapons check. We're going to do a weapons check. Constantly wanting to make sure that you're ready with your weapons so that you know what's going on. Well, Again, I was never in combat like some of these really brave men and women of God. But, but, but my, I, total peace, four years I was in there. Well, maybe that says something. No, anyway, uh, there was total peace in the world. I don't know if there's total peace in the world. We just weren't at war. But, but we still had our weapons. And they would still do it, even though it was a dummy demonstration. But, you know, check your weapons, check your weapons, check your weapons. I, I thought about that as I was praying over this message. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is a, is a scripture that I've used continually in this church. It, it is something that is foundational and should be foundational with each and every one of us. Are we ready for what we're about to face during the course of the day? When we get up in the morning, is the first thing that we do to make sure that our mind is where it should be. During the day, are we constantly checking to make sure our mind is right? As the day progresses, am I really making sure that I still have what I should have started the day with? It says to present your body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service, being yoked with God. And don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. All day long, no matter what you face, God wants you to know and to think that you have the perfect will of God for that moment. And you do have if you don't become emotionally charged with negative charges of the constant conflict that's going on in the heavenlies. The technology today that's constantly bombarding people in their mind, Facebook, YouTube, all these kind of things that you can get downloaded. Today, I was looking at some things on there, and and you'll appreciate this, Pam, but I was looking at some of the stuff going on, and in real time, and, and I think, yeah, I do like to bind and loose, but I am being bombarded with negativity. We need to bombard the negativity with the Word of God, and the powerful Word of God, spoken by the Holy Ghost through us, will take care of any obstacle we face. So let's say this I can do it. Now, <clears throat> a great example of this message. Uh, is found in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. And if you have your Bibles, uh, go on over there because you know the story. See, positive people always are trying to infuse other people with hope. Romans 5.5 says hope will never disappoint. Hope will never disappoint. So positive people are always bringing hope into the situation. People that have been negative become so entrenched in negativity, they don't realize that their first responder in many situations is negative. How many of you know people, I'm not trying to talk about you per se, but it may fit you, how many of you know people that when you're around them, they're extremely negative all the time and that you have to watch yourself because you can let some of that get into you? Your desire is always to turn their negativity into becoming positive based on the Word of God. But many times, they're not receiving what you are, are giving them, but you cannot stop your assignment. Everybody say, I can't stop. Turn to your neighbor and tell me, you cannot stop that assignment. If you've read the book, uh, 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 Make the Best of the Rest, you'll realize how negative I was and how caustic I was toward my secretary. But she never gave up on her assignment. She never just said, to heck with him, I'm out of here. I'm not taking that that profanity anymore. I'm not letting him talk to me that way anymore. And, And I share that with you because there are some people that you've been assigned and that you're in their sphere of influence all the time. And God's going to show you what to say and when to say it, and probably already has, but you didn't want to upset them. And you've got to be bold in love to share the Word of God because you may be the person to change their life just like Jean changed my life. She would not give up on her God-given assignment because of my negativity toward the things of God. I didn't even know what I was doing. Now, in the book of Numbers, chapter thir- uh, we're going to look at Numbers chapter 13, verse 30 and 31, because an ent- the, the entire plan of God for the world at that time was changed from the time standpoint that he had for the children of God the plan didn't change he still got his plan done and god is still going to get his plan done for this world and i believe for this nation but it, this the story is how god spoke to joshua and caleb and gave them the plan and joshua was actually the leader but caleb was the one who was so used by god and and god gave joshua instructions god wants all of us to operate on the same instruction that he gave Joshua and in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 is such a powerful scripture that would propel us through every obstacle that the devil is trying to bring our way and Joshua says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says that we shall meditate the word of God this is his instructions to Joshua Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 Joshua, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It is the will of God that we prosper and have good success. So, therefore, God speaks things that are not as if they were. So, let's all say it I am prosperous, and I am successful. Now, if you think you're prosperous and successful and you start meditating that, you will eventually believe that if you'll meditate that long enough. But you sometimes have a tendency to look at your checkbook, have a tendency to look at maybe where you are compared to where you thought you would be, and you can start to get a little bit negative about situations that aren't working the way you had hoped they would work. In other words, you're starting to focus on, I don't have this, I don't have that, and this isn't right, and this isn't that. I thought I'd have more money than I have. The fact that you don't see more tangible money does not mean that you're not prospering. You're prospering because the Word of God says so. You have success because the Word of God says so. You have success and prosperity because you're meditating the Word of God day and night. I have the mind of Christ, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though some of the thoughts up there seem to be scrambled. And then it goes on to say, this is God speaking to all of us, I believe. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Is the Lord God with us in the middle of coronavirus? Yeah. Now, let's say it again like a military response. Is the Word of God with us during coronavirus? Is the Word of God this with us during the election? Yeah. Will the Word of God be with us if Trump isn't reelected? Yeah. Will the Word of God be with us if Biden is elected? Yeah. So therefore, we are going to be strong no matter who is in the White House. Now, don't walk out of here saying, Pastor Bill says it doesn't matter who's in the White House. No, I didn't say that. We have a will based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if you start to say that all of my well being is based on this, what if this doesn't happen? I see people for 40 years in ministry, I've seen people crumble when their faith is in one thing. I'll tell you what, my faith took a hit when Pastor Billy Joe died. He fought the fight of cancer for a number of years. Matter of fact, our son Matt, who is in that area of pharmaceutical, uh, 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 representative, uh, uh, said that, that that the fact that he lived as long as he did was an unbelievable miracle in and of itself. But when he died, I was believing that he would be healed. Some people, for a loved one or a situation or circumstance, God's going to do this, and I know it's going to be done, and it's going to happen just like this, and then it doesn't happen. It does not affect our relationship with God, are the Word of God, if we're walking by faith in God. Jesus said one of the most profound things I believe for me, in a very simple but very profound. It's in uh, uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Very short scripture. Have faith in God. Everybody say have faith in God. It's faith in God. Faith for a miracle? Yes. But if the miracle doesn't happen the way we're hoping it would, our faith is still strong in God. If the coronavirus doesn't work out quite the way we thought it would in some areas, our faith is still in God. Our faith is in God regardless of what we see. Because we're not moved by what we see, we're moved by what we believe. And there are many people that have had their faith that have taken a real hit and really moved them away from God because things didn't work out the way that they would and and that's somewhat of what's happened in numbers chapter thirty uh, we're co- or numbers chapter thirteen. We're coming up to where the the children are right at the edge of the promised land. God's getting ready to send them in and and Joshua and Caleb are really excited. The spies have gone into the land and they've looked the situation over and they come back. And for to a certain extent, they all gave the same report. They said, hey, uh, th- there's milk and honey. It's a fertile land. It's a beautiful land. It's exactly what God described to us. But then, of the 12 spies, 10 of the spies said this. There are giants, descendants of Anak in the land. These descendants come all the way back from the days of Noah. Uh, and and it's, it's a whole different story. But anyway, regardless of that, regarding spirits, uh, th- these descendants were in the land, and, and some of these were huge, huge, monstrous people. And they said that not only are they huge people in the descendants of Anak, but they're in fortified cities. And then they started to describe what they saw. Now, Joshua had been told, don't describe, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, don't describe what you see Meditate my word day and night, and you will be successful, and you will prosper. So Joshua and Caleb, two of the spies, they're meditating, we believe, the word of God. God said, I'm sending you in to the land that I am giving you. Everybody say, I am giving you. God has given you health. God has given you prosperity. God has given you financial gain. God has given you the mind of Christ. God has given you victory. God has given you, giving you, given you, given you based on the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever walk away from that because then it will, it will affect us and we'll start to be more moved by what we see than what we believe. When you start watching the news, whether it be cable news or on your iPad or on your iPhone or on Fox News or CNN or anywhere else, you're seeing negativity, negativity, fear, 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 fear. The devil has always been in fear. He brought fear in the beginning in Genesis chapter 3. That's why man ran from God instead of to God because the devil brought fear in between him and man. So what happens is we have to be moved by not what we see, but what we believe. And so the the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, obviously were meditating the word of God. And they said, you know, this land is ours. The ten spies, they were meditating what they saw that was contrary to what they had believed for. I don't know what they thought they were going to see, but they didn't apparently see what they had thought. And they came back, and in verse number 30, Caleb spoke up. Everybody say, Caleb spoke up. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be like Caleb. Caleb spoke up, and he said, we are well able. See, the the ten spies had given an evil report, but Caleb said, we are well able. That's Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. But in verse 31, the ten spies, they spoke up, and they said, we are not able. So now you've got... An optimistic point of view based on faith, and you have a pessimistic point of view based on a lack of faith. Optimistic, positive point of view is always based on faith. Pessimistic is based on sight. This is what I see, and it seems bigger than what I believed. So, therefore, what I believed is going to be quenched. And this happens way, way too often. And so what we've got to be careful of is not to allow that to happen. God wasn't finished with them yet, but God changed the time frame. And there was another 40 years in there that they wandered in the desert. Why did they do it? Because they did not meditate the Word of God. So let's all say it. I'm going to meditate the Word of God day and night and that no matter what happens in this me, uh, 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 election no matter what happens in any areas that we see in situations and circumstances i'm meditating the word of god i'm speaking the word of god i'm believing the word of god i'm praying the word of god i'm believing for health for people i'm believing for the mind of christ now what, hap- what we have to do if we're going to be and have this positive attitude based on faith is we're going to have to have our focus continually where it belongs. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the most powerful scripture concerning focus, that we focus upon Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So our total focus is always upon Jesus. Let's just say it. My focus is upon the author and the finisher of my faith. In other words, what does Jesus have to say about this? And it says, For the joy that was set before him, despise the cross, and sat down at the right hand of the Father, and that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. What does that mean? He's the beginning, and he is the end. When I was in Bible school, and most of you have heard this story, and it's in the book, but when I was in Bible school, uh, I just continually ha- fought uh, uh, in my mind Trying to have faith to stay, realizing that our finances were terrible, versus leaving Bible school and going to work. And I remember walking into the director's office and saying to him, sharing the challenge with him, and he said, Bill, I, I don't know the answer to your specific situation, but I do know this. It has to become in your life where Jesus is more real than anything. And he did make reference to Jesus and faith. I don't think he said he has to be the author and the finisher of our faith. But that's how it came into me. It was like it's all about Jesus. And, And it was like he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And in my mind, I couldn't process it. And I remember saying something that I wish I didn't have to say, but I said it. I said, Jesus is not that real to me. I'm going to quit school. And I left school and made one of the dumbest decisions I've ever made in my life. I went to work at McDonald's. I still like McDonald's. I still love the double cheeseburgers. Sounds good right now. But, 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 uh, but I, I went to work at McDonald's, and I went from the fire to the frying pan, or I guess it's the frying pan to the fire. Uh, it was horrible. It was horrible, 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 horrible. But I knew that I did not have the faith to fight the fight. Now, I'm saying that in hindsight. I didn't I, didn't, I couldn't articulate that then. All I knew is I was going crazy. But all I could say, now I can articulate, I did not have the faith to go forth with the fight of faith. I was losing the fight. I knew it. And what that man said to me was some of the best advice I've ever received in my life. Bill, it has to reach the point when Jesus is more real to you than me, more real to you than your wife, more real to you than anybody. He has to reach that point in your life. And I honestly said, I I remember getting in my car after I said that. He's not that real to me. I remember getting in my car and driving down the street, crying, sobbing, saying to God, God, I'm sorry I said that, but that is exactly how I feel. That moment was a precious moment now as I look back on it because I came face to face with the fact I was not where I needed to be. And I was going to have to do something about it. And it took me a while to get it totally downloaded. But when I really realized now I had compounded the error, now not only was Jesus not real to me at that moment, now I'm really a problem because I'm out of God's time frame. And a lot of people today don't realize that they've moved away from God. God's not moved away from them, but they've moved away from God. And and they're suffering, and, and they know what they're doing wrong. And uh, uh, I was watching Terry Henshaw recently, um, Some uh, Bonnie Beetle. Bonnie, I hope you're watching. But uh, Bonnie Beetle sent me, a, uh, he was d- sharing a message at Tulsa, Oklahoma, at Victory Christian Center. And Terry, uh, years ago, had invited John and I to go to Lima, Peru with him and do some conferences down there and some leadership things. And anyway, he was sharing about a message that I had preached that really changed his life, and it had been a while since I, I had remembered that, but basically, I do remember the message, and in the message, I had stopped toward the end, and I felt like I had a word from the Lord. How many of you know God is showing you things in your life that you're not supposed to be doing, or that you are supposed to be doing, but you're not doing them, and uh, I was had an interpreter. And it looked to me like, uh, Terry said there's, I think on the video I I just saw of Terry, uh, a couple thousand people, I don't remember how many people was there. All I remember is, it appeared to be every hand was raised. And I turned to the interpreter and said, "Uh, would would you say that again? Uh, I, I, I see all these hands. And he said it again, all the hands were raised. And I turned back to him again and I said, are you sure you're saying word for word what I'm saying? He said, yes, we did it one more time. All the hands were raised. Gave an altar call. It seemed like everybody came to the altar. Terry said that moment changed his life. I believe there are many people today, they're doing things they know they're not supposed to be doing. They feel bad about themselves. They feel negative about themselves. And the reason is because they've opened the door to the devil and instead of walking by faith and being obedient to God, really kind of the message Pam preached a couple of Sundays ago about being willing and obedient, they have opened the door to the devil. And sometimes we wonder where God is, and God is saying, where are you? You've drifted away from me. And the scripture is in James chapter 3, verse 16, that says that where people have drifted into self-seeking ways, they will be confused, and there will be every evil work that will take place. In other words, we open the door to the devil. Some, t- some people. I, sometimes I hear people say, well, ju- you know, it's just a crack. I know I'm doing what I shouldn't do over here, but if that crack is open, and I'm telling you, that crack will not only open the door to come into your life, it will come into your family's life. It'll come in and affect things that you may not even know until years down the road. So what we've got to do is realize that God loves us. God is not the problem. The problem, many times, we know the problem is always with the devil. But the problem is that we allow the devil into our lives. We can't afford to do that, especially in the day that we live in today. Romans 8.28 is a great scripture for where we are in this nation right now and really where we'll always be. All things will work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. McDonald's was used for good in my life. God showed me I do not want to work at McDonald's. (laughs) God showed me he wanted me to do something else. If you're working at McDonald's, there's nothing wrong with McDonald's. I love McDonald's. I really do. But you've got to get on the road that God has for you. Paul, Saul was on the road to Damascus. That was the right road. Well, how could it have been the right road? He went blind. How could it have been the right road? He didn't have food for a long time. How could it have been the right road? It is exactly where God wanted him because he wanted his attention. He wanted to turn him into a powerful, positive attitude, influence of faith, the right two-thirds of the new covenant. So, God will use all things uh, for good to those who, now there are conditions, everybody say there are conditions, to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Unfortunately, everybody say unfortunately. Unfortunately, I sometimes see a lot of people who are only meeting half of the criteria. They love God, they think, but they're not really called according to his purpose. All things work together for good to those who, let's say it, love God and are called according to his purpose. And those two go hand in hand. Now, I said all that to come down to closing with talking about the perilous times that we live in. And you hear me talk about this a lot and uh, about the perilous times in the Second Timothy chapter 3 certainly is what we're talking about. Now, the perilous times are not going to go away, but it's going to be okay. Everybody say, it's going to be okay. Pam shared with me several years. It's been a few years ago now. One day I was, something happened, and she asked me a question about something, and I said something, and and I could tell it didn't go over real good. And, And then she responded a little bit later, and I said, I know I didn't say something right. She said, I remember when you used to just say to me, you'd put your arm around me and say, it's going to be okay. Instead of a four-part sermon, uh, do this, do this, do this, do this. Uh, At the time when I was praying about this message, I thought about Bonnie Beadle, who may or may not be watching. But if you're watching, Bonnie, I know you remember. But Bonnie Beadle used to get frustrated with me. Pam came to me one day when I was an intern student at Victory and said, I found a girl who would be a secretary for you. And uh, I know we made it administrative assistant later, Bonnie. But anyway, it, it, she, she she told me, and I said, "Who?" And said, "Some girl who's a student." Well, it ended up being Bonnie Beetle, and she was with us uh, and with me in that position for eight years out there, and then came back to help us start the church. But Bonnie's told me one time, she said, "I used to get so." This was after we left. She said, "I used to get so frustrated." frustrated with you. Uh, things were moving fast out there and things were always happening. And she said, I'd get so frustrated, frustrated with you and I'd come in and I'd tell you about how bad things were and you'd just say, Bonnie, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Let's Let's uh, let's all practice this. It's going to be all right. Turn to your name and tell it's going to be all right. Now, where the rubber meets the road is when the person says to you, what are we going to do? I don't know. But it's going to be all right. So let's say it one more time. It's going to be all right. Okay. But what are we going to do? (laughs) So no matter what, it's going to be all right because not the fact that God is on our side. It's the fact we're on God's side. And even when you've really screwed up and say, God, I've really screwed up, forgive me. Now, what do you want me to do? And God will say, I'll take care of it for you. I'll take care of it for you. Now, I want to close with these two scriptures because everything that God says is going to happen in perilous times is going to happen. But the good news is that you're going to be ready for everything, and God is going to use you mightily in these perilous times. Now, the scripture I want to give you is 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. <laughs> because Pam made reference to this in one of the Sundays, I don't remember which, but it's uh, it's Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture. Now, what this means is everything that the Holy Spirit is doing, the written Scripture and the current manner of the leading of the Holy Spirit. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and for instruction in righteousness. You and I, in the perilous times, are called to correct. We're called to instruct. Everybody say, correct. correct? Instruct. Now, a lot of people don't like to correct. They don't like to correct because they confuse it with judgment. Correction is not judgment. Correction is scriptural when you correct a child, we we're raising two dogs. <laughs> They're little Yorkies. I tell you what, I, when 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 Pam got the idea to get two dogs, uh, one dog and then the second dog, and somebody sent her a text and said, "Are you out of your mind?" <laughs> and there is a point when I think I might have agreed with them. Now I've watched the dogs play. I've watched the dogs bond. Uh, I just love these dogs. They're absolutely pressures but there's a tr- there's a correction mode that goes on now one of the little dogs uh uh lily uh I- is uh she's putty in my hands i can feel that the other dog is uh, uh um uh, benny and and Benny is frisky, and Benny just looks at me like, who do you think you are? And uh, so there's two different distinct voices that I have to use with these dogs. Uh, little Lily, oh, soft, gentle, Lily, come. Uh, uh, Benny, get over here. <laughs> and, and he'll run me around the house and all. But when I get my voice to a certain level, Benny goes like this. Now, some people might think you're scaring the dog. No, I'm getting the dog's attention. And and, uh, there are some people that you can talk to one way. Some people you have to talk to a different way. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's where the Holy Spirit will tell you how to bring reproof and correction into their life. If you were going the wrong direction and about to make a serious error and remove yourself under the covering of Almighty God, would you not want somebody to correct you? You you would, in your right mind, you really would. Well when you see people out there like that, you're called to correct them and you're called to instruct them in righteousness. No, that thing you're doing is yoking up with the devil. Oh yeah, but if I stop doing it, this would happen, that would happen. No, no, no. You're playing directly into the God into the devil's hands right now. I am here to bring correction. Bring righteousness into your life so that you can be blessed by God. And that's what we're called to do. Then in verse number 17, I like this. I kind of put myself in here like, hey, that's going to be me. That the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. I thank you, God, that I am complete and I am thoroughly equipped. I thank you, God, that I can be an oracle for you and speak your word on the internet. I can speak your word on Facebook. I'm talking about you, too. I can speak your word on YouTube. I can do whatever you call me to do. I'm instant in season to to do whatever you want me to do. I am equipped for every good work. So in the midst of perilous times, God, I'm going to be following you and rescuing people and helping people and showing people the way, and we are going to do great and mighty works. Now, I want to close with this. Two things, Pam used them Sunday, and they're so powerful. Two most important things in your life. Number one, live the Word of God. That's Matthew chapter 4.4. 4. I shared it earlier. Uh, number two, be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, they're really one and the same. But the Holy Spirit, such a powerful scripture. Pam has been in and out of this scripture. I've been in and out of this scripture for years. John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. He will lead and guide you into all truth. He will take everything that I had, all of the power, all of the authority, all of the dominion, everything that I had, He's going to take and it's going to be given to you so that you will be able to be led by the Holy Spirit just as I was led on business for my father to do God's will. So when we have those two things, then we are ready to move forth into the next dimension where God has. But if you're not careful, everybody say, if I'm not careful, you get locked up in life. And there are people that uh, just the other day I was sharing with Pam. I said, you know, there's a person here that uh, I was talking about a certain individual. And I said, "I, I believe that probably as a young child they were called, but they're locked up. They're on a treadmill. Uh, just every day is just another day, just like before. And I see it in their eyes. I see it in their continents. I see it in their face. They're not really going anywhere other than just on this treadmill, this treadmill, this treadmill. And all, all they have to do is just get with God and say, God, what is the plan? What is the purpose? What am I doing? I am amazed at how many people, when I'm around them and talk to them, and I will say to them from time to time, and I'm not around people like I used to be. I, I, I'm really not. But I say to them, what, what do you think that it is that is causing this? That What are you doing that you know you shouldn't be doing? And they tell me. I think, do you think that that possibly could be part of the problem? This isn't rocket science. It really is very simple. If you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, You're opening a door that shouldn't be open and you're never going to be going where God is going to take you because, number one, he can't trust you. And number two, you would not be prepared to handle the pressure once you get there because you've not submitted to what God wants you to do where you are. So how can he promote you to move forward? But there's good news. Everybody say good news. The good news is that we give thanks to God. Because he has given us the victory, past tense, and that we and you and I are going to be, for the rest of the race on our time on earth, steadfast, we're going to be immovable, and we're going to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, I believe I know all of you that are here, so I'm going to pray for you. Don't know everybody out there that is watching, hopefully a bunch of you, but I do want to pray for you. I want to pray two things. Number one, I want to pray that whatever you're doing that you know you shouldn't be doing or whatever you know you should be doing that you're not doing, you need to get on with the program. Does that make sense to all of you? Can I see your hand if that makes sense to you? In other words, stop doing what you know you shouldn't do and start doing what you know you should do. It's really very simple. It God loves us no matter what, but God wants to reward us. Based on our ability to follow him. So for those of you that are out there. I'm going to lead you in a confession right now. The bottom line is. It's between you and God. I have nothing to do with it. But I want to encourage you. That if you're out of the will of God. Not doing what he's called you to do. He can't take you where he wants to take you. He just can't do it. It's a military operation. And if you can't follow orders. He can't take you where he wants you to go. And where truly I believe. Even you want to go. You want to go. So let's let's pray this prayer right now, if that's you. Lord, forgive me for not being obedient to you. Deep within my heart, I do want to do what's right. So I ask you to forgive me tonight, and I ask you to lead and guide me, and I will submit to do your will. Uh, Father, I pray, too, that if there are those out there that uh, maybe are watching have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that tonight would be that night. Maybe those that are out there that, like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, you know you've drifted away from the things of God. God loves you, but God also gave his son Jesus so that you would be part of the family. And If I've described you, I'm going to have you ask you to just pray this prayer with us right now. Jesus... I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. You prayed that prayer. God is now going to lead you and guide you. If you're watching from anywhere around the country, we want to send you a book. And that book is Make the Best of the Rest. And no matter where you are, if you'll call Victory Christian Center, 765-447-7777, we will send you as many copies as you want of this book. And we believe that it will help you become all that God Wants you to be. So we're going to close tonight with this confession because it is so true. Let's all say it. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open, my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me because I have victory in my life. Is that how that goes? I think I messed it up. Now let's say it: the worldy, but the goody. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. Is that how it is? I'm getting my leg. To, I'm getting my new knee to work, but my mouth's not working. <coughs> let's all say it: I am, because of Jesus, steadfast, immovable, always abounding. In the work of the Lord, knowing, even in perilous times, my labor, not in vain. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Go and be blessed.